Hey everybody, I just wanted to pop in before the episode to let you know that Harley was having some technical issues with his microphone during this recording. I've cleaned up the audio as best I can, so it is still listenable, but it is of a noticeably worse quality than mine and Lindsay's tracks. Uh, basically, you'll just want to listen a little bit closer to what he's saying during this episode, and you probably should because he says some very entertaining things. Hello, and welcome back to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. And joining us is our second guest for guest month. <laughs> that will be taking place at the bottom half of one month and the top half of another month, but it will last about a month. Anyways, uh, it's Harley. Hello. Um, I use, uh, he, him pronouns. <laughs> Excellent. And you've brought, uh, all I remember from your hint is something that would, um, I don't know, a weapon to surpass Vampire Diaries. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm about to bring my favorite YA series out of obscurity single-handedly right now. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Awesome. And I am referring to, of course, the seven-book saga that ran from 2006 to 2013, known as Blue Bloods, written by a author who is a person of color, a woman of color, no less, Melissa De La Cruz, who is also responsible for writing the Descendants novelizations. That's where I know her from. Uh-huh. I have to read those. I have, like, I have the first three, but I've only read the first one. The Descendants? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am also Descendants trash. <laughs> I did read the... F- yeah. I've already done fan fiction for that. It's... <laughs> yeah, so I did read the first Blue Bloods novel. Oh, really? It was interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun series. Uh, the only problem is it was uh, published in 2006, so it kind of got lost in the Twilight Stampede. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, and the Vampire Diary Stampede is for that matter. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and the Vampire Academy Stampede. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> oh my God, no. The only people who remember Vampire Academy wish they could forget Vampire Academy, is what I'm kidding. Honestly, I mean, I've read all of the books, but I enjoy the movie for the sheer camp and for the lesbian subtext between the female leads, but, you know, I'm just gay trash over here. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, Harley, I gotta ask, did you ever read the book Team Human? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, that's a good one, because it's like a... It's like a parody of Twilight. Well, not a parody. It's like a response to Twilight, kind of. Uh, yeah, I have read the Twilight Saga. I am a fan. I understand its problematicness, which is why, you know, I very legally obtained a PDF file of um, Midnight Sun to uh, learn about uh, Edward's uh, dark sexual feelings. <laughs> <laughs> God, the, the pomegranate, the, the fucking pomegranate, I just, <laughs> it's beautiful and terrible all at once. <laughs> po- okay, okay, well now now I'm curious and I have to ask, is the pomegranate anything similar to the peach from that other book? Um, <laughs> so it's supposed to represent Hades and Persephone and... I, I knew that's what was coming, <laughs> but when but when it happened in the book, I just wanted to slam my head on my desk because Edward is just, uh, so the word that comes to mind is forthright, but I don't think that's the right word for him. Uh, um, blatant? Yeah, blatant seems like stupidly blatant in his emo-ness. <laughs> <laughs> So, now that we've uh, done uh, Stephanie Meyer to death, uh, let's, I guess, move on to uh, the summary of the Blue Bloods saga. So I'm assuming this is no relation to the Tom Selleck TV show. No. No, and that's the problem, is there is no 
fandom for the Blue Bloods book series, and whenever you look up Blue Bloods, freaking Blue Blood series, which, from what I gather, I have not seen it out of pure spite, mind you, <laughs> is because, because, I, you know, if I want to see a crime show, I'll watch something a lot more fun like Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's valid. Um, whereas this one, like, but why though? Um, I'd I'd prefer um my my fallen angel vampires that live in New York City, um which yeah that's the whole thing is uh so really, um Blue Bloods is a series about the um New York elite teens. So we're looking at a very gossip girl like scenario. Yeah, I was about mm-hmm. to say that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's even a, um, a review. Uh, the gauzier trappings of being fanged and fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> that was bookless, by the way. <laughs> um, I have, uh, I have all the books, so I brought, uh, the guidebook from home to my dorm. Um, which is, by the way, called The Keys the Repository, which is in reference to, uh, so the Blue Bloods actually have an underground database run by, uh, Red Bloods, or humans, that were originally supposed to serve a single family, like bloodline to bloodline, and they're called, uh, conduits. And, uh, they're essentially vampire babysitters. <laughs> that are humans to keep vampires from um uh basically like pulling a director and revealing the secret to the world. <laughs> um so the really cool thing about the whole thing with Dracula is there is a section of the Blue Bloods government called the conspiracy that literally makes it vampire conspiracy to turn off the Red Bloods. And so Speaking of Twilight, one more time, because this is my favorite fanfiction of all time, there is literally a, someone wrote the best Blue Bloods fanfiction of all time. All of them are terrible. This is the only good one. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, I've read them. Um, The best Blue Bloods fanfiction of all time is someone who wrote Stephanie Meyer pitching Twilight to the fucking Blue Bloods conspiracy board. (laughs) Oh, oh no. that sounds good. That oh, that's like it some excellent, some good vintage meta fan fiction. Oh, it is! It is so good. It is so good, and you know it's Stephanie Meyer, but then like they reveal the name like at the end. It's just it's it's the perfect one shot. It's like they took this little tiny piece of lore and they used it just the right way, and it just uh, hits a sweet spot. <laughs> So, I actually, um, when I was writing this, I actually, um, figured out that, uh, Blue Bloods, uh, would not be a CW show because it is owned by our, uh, dear, dear overlord with Mickey Mouse years, Disney. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. It is owned by the same, uh, publishing company, Disney Hyperion, who published Percy Jackson. Therefore, um, it is, could be a Disney Plus series, which would be great for Disney, though I don't want to give them any ideas. I may have actually done that by, I don't know, uh, calling Mohus Sabela Cruz's, uh, television and film representation and actually telling them I have a pitch, which is the one right in front of me right now. Wait, actually? <laughs> yeah, I actually called the studio and left a voicemail. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> <laughs> nice! <laughs> Um, and then I tweeted at Melissa De La Cruz saying, uh, call a, uh, Sunset Boulevard studio with a pitch at Melissa De La Cruz, maybe, and she liked the tweet, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did come up with a series pitch, and, um, so I'm, I'm just gonna get myself all ready for this dramatic reading. <clears throat> On the Upper East Side of Manhattan, 
They hold a dark secret. And the only ones who are in the know are New York's most elite and eligible teams. They are the fallen angels of heaven and hell. They are the blue bloods. The year is 2006. Fifteen-year-old Skylar Van Allen is sneaking into a club for some underage shenanigans. <laughs> what she doesn't know is that her classmate Aggie apparently dies with overdose at the age of 17, but what looks like an overdose is actually a murder. Skylar discovers that she is the salvation of all vampires, and that something is out to get them, but no one will tell her what. With the help of her best friends, Oliver and Bliss, Skylar is about to discover a horrible mystery that she's only made aware of by the most popular boy in school that she now has the attention of, Jack Force. <laughs> Jack Force? <laughs> Yes, the lead, the male lead, his name is Jack Force. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go with it. Also, Skylar is spelled in the most white way possible, as in S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure that's like the more traditional way to spell it, but I do still hate it. Yeah. That's the last name version. Oh, okay. Y'all know it from Hamilton, because that's the name of the Skylar sisters. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, there's, well, (laughs) speaking of uh, the revolution and all, there is actually a character known as Oliver Hazard Perry. (laughs) 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 I knew you would get that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, so Oliver Hazard Perry... Uh, I love Oliver. Um, you know, he is like your Team Jacob option, essentially. Um, except he is uh, Skylar's conduit. Um, so he's her human babysitter. <laughs> and he also ends up being so familiars, which are uh, human juice boxes. It's a nice way of saying human juice boxes in the Blue Bloods world. <laughs> um, are essentially the reason why uh, Wall Street men have all these affairs because they need to suck all these secretaries' blood from their neck <laughs> and are to be treated with dignity and respect and are only supposed to be drained, not completely drained because that is against the code of vampires. Yes, there is a code of vampires. These There's people always have a code of vampires. Yes. <laughs> so there is like a 48-hour waiting period before you can uh, uh, see your uh, familiar again. <laughs> and it really does... Um, so most of the crew started the story off with the lost uh, colony of Roanoke. Like you do. Yeah, uh, when she was researching. And um, she was very fascinated by the sign, Croton. And uh, that is actually one of the names of uh, the, that's the name, one of the names of the uh, Blue Bloods antagonists, which are called the Silver Bloods. So, Blue Bloods are angels expelled from heaven because they sided with Lucifer for like uh, five minutes or so, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> and um, so, there are two angels that. Uh, led them on the path to salvation, or basically became vampires by choice, which was Gabriel and Michael. Uh, Blue Blood twins, kind of incesty, because they're essentially, like, bonded, but because, like, and that's kind of the explanation for, like, why all pharaohs and, like, royals married their siblings is because they were Blue Bloods. So, they weren't actually siblings. <laughs> they were, you know, uh, had a mm. sacred celestial bond forged by heaven and the Almighty himself. <laughs> why, 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 why in this era of YA literature was there a, a trend of, twi- of sibling incest, but not actually? I, I because don't. Because, I don't know, they wanted to pull a VC Andrews, but not go the full way. Well, I will say that at least Jack Force is, um... Oh, he's not entirely Draco in leather pants like Jace Wayland is. (laughs) (laughs) I actually like Jack Force. (laughs) Um, Jack Force hasn't been ruined by Dominic Sherwood. (laughs) (laughs) If I had a nickel for every time there was a YA series that tried to fake you out with the twin cest... (laughs) I'd have two nickels, but it's still weird. <laughs> so weird that it happened twice, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's the whole thing, is um, Jack is bonded to his twin, Mimi Force, who, by the way, <laughs> is... Yes, 
Yes. Her name is Phoebe. Yes. <laughs> or Madeline, of course, technically. And Jack's name isn't actually Jack, it's Benjamin. But they used to call him um, Black Jack when he was younger because he had a huge, he had a horrible temper, which, you know, is great to have in a main love interest, a horrible temper, and, you know, being the uh, dark angel of destruction. <laughs> From what I remember, Mimi was like the Blair Waldorf. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. But I will say the, she does have layers, and I actually like her quite a bit. Um, At this point, I've sort of been like, yeah, Mimi can step on me if she wants to. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a really cute thing where you think that her and Oliver are going to get together in the later half of the series, and they don't. They just are very just... They're just platonic buds, and it's really cute, because they actually go on a road trip to hell together. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Which, by the way, is really funny, because they're in a uh, Ferrari going through hell, and the only thing on the radio is Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, actually. <laughs> yes, because the... um. Uh, the woman who runs hell. Hashtag <laughs> 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 loves, <laughs> loves Wagner, so that's all the place on the radio. <laughs> 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 there is a lot of, like, just little fun things like that. Also, vampires are the reason eating raw meat is fashionable. <laughs> According to Bloodlust. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why they made eating uh, raw meat fashionable, because that's all they can stand after a certain point. See, once vampires turn 15, they begin to shed their human selves. It's called the sunset years. So it's basically like uh, a snake shedding its skin. And um, from 15 to 21, they are vulnerable, and that's when, like, everyone's getting murdered by the Silverbloods. And nobody's talking about it, because uh, the guy who runs the... Um, Conclave, which is uh, Charles Force, which is Mimi and Jack's, um, you know, well, technically not their father, but, you know, their father in this cycle. Blue Bloods are reincarnated every hundred years, and uh, then their blood is stored in uh, the repository, um, and they cycle again when, you know, uh, there can only be 400 at a time. <laughs> yeah, don't think about the vampire genetics too hard. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> it, it'll hurt your brain. Um, but yeah, after, like, uh, they turn 15, um, the conclave is like, hey, um, they do this, they do a, they do basically do a dramatic presentation about <laughs> becoming a vampire and vampire puberty. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman who does it, her name is Priscilla. <laughs> Priscilla DuPont. <laughs> just, just let that sink in. Oh. It's delightful. Also, vampires can glow in the dark, and that's, like, how she shows them, and she shuts the lights off dramatically <laughs> at the end of this presentation. <laughs> vampires glow in the dark, and uh, after they consume human blood, they actually glow brighter. And it's also how they know they can recognize each other in the darkness. So instead of going for the sparkly skin of the Twilight vampires, they're really bad anglerfish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> There's also a whole thing with the uh, astral plane that they call they call but they call it the glom. <laughs> Why? There are better names for the astral plane. The glom. <laughs> Oh, hell, the glom! <laughs> <laughs> the vast glom. <laughs> yeah. So apparently there are four levels of the glom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is this a sentient glow cloud from Nightmare? I mean, it's how vampires use, uh, they use it to influence uh, red bloods into uh, creating art and making Earth more beautiful, like paradise. <laughs> How many levels of glam are you on? I don't know, like three or four? You are like a little baby! <laughs> 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 
So only uh, very few um, <laughs> vampires can go to uh, the higher levels of the bomb. They are trained for it. They're called truth seekers or venators. And they're essentially like vampire secret agents slash assassins. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so the main character is that, you know, I, I was thinking of really was, um, you know, Skylar, Oliver. Um, there's a character who doesn't last very long, but is sort of important because he moves the plot along in the first book, uh, Dylan Ward. And he's essentially like, you know, your, your, uh, sad, puffy, bad boy type, um, who, who gets killed off for the plot to start. Um, but you know, we, we miss him anyway. We miss him anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there is a Bliss who, um, ends up being the daughter of the devil and she's the one who ends up, uh, you know, being Skylar's best friend, but accidentally betraying her because she's literally housing her father in her body. Oops. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's honestly really tragic. But then she becomes a hellhound werewolf thing. Hot. Yeah, and then, like, you know, gets a hellhound werewolf boyfriend and, like, leads the hellhounds into battle with the bluebloods against the silverbloods and, like, helps everybody get into heaven. So it's pretty badass. You know, she gets her own spinoff book. Cool. Nice. And uh, Mimi is actually, she is a uh, venator at one point, which is how she falls in love with your British bad boy. You know him. You love him. His name is Kingsley Martin. (laughs) And Kingsley Martin, she falls in, Mimi falls in love with a dark. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. Now, now, do you mean like a narc narc or like is a narc a fantasy vampire term for something else? Uh, narc as a fantasy vampire term. He's supposed to figure out who the murderer is in the high school, so he infiltrates the high school to figure it out, and he and Mimi end up, like, becoming, like, vampire assassins together and going on missions, even though she's technically supposed to be getting ready for Jack, you know, getting ready for her and Jack to, uh, have a, uh, bonding, you know, uh, wedding ceremony. Essentially, we borrowed, um, our wedding ceremonies from the Blue Bloods. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Also, Nark Feratu. <laughs> yeah, I also love how Kingsley is always, like, described as, like, he just stepped off a CD cover. Like, you know, there's even this point where, like, Mimi has this eternal dialogue where she's like, Damn, those rock star looks! <laughs> of course. Yeah. He'll be played by Harry Styles. Um, I actually have an entire cast list for this Okay. Thing. Um, it's it's very very important to me. I worked very hard at. Also, uh, for Kingsley, I actually have a trans man playing him. Nice. Okay. Elliot Fletcher. I don't know if you've seen him in a. I feel like I've heard the name before. He was on Faking It at one point. I don't know. If oh yeah, I know of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like he could really bring in the uh, vulnerable and like. Uh, rough bad boy energy that Kingsley embodies, because Kingsley is a very complex character, you know, he's one of those characters who, you know, is like, oh, he's a charmer, he's a charmer, he's a flirt, he can get a girl at the drop of a hat, but at the same time, he has so much pain and longing. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking um, of, you know, I really tried to diversify the cast, um, because, you know, it really, all the characters are pretty much all white, except for, like, there is a lead character for, like, one book, and she's basically, like, a Chinese assassin. <laughs> hmm. Huh. Yeah. You would have thought it would have been diversified a little bit more because Melissa De La Cruz is Filipino. Yeah, you would think that, but no. Um, Deming Chen is a very good character. Like, she's a total badass, and uh, she also ends up, like, doing her si- basically a very similar vampire narc thing <laughs> to Kingsley, just later in the series. But you don't really spend a lot of time with her, and I feel like a lot of people won't really, like, connect with her as much because you don't really... Really, the three main girls that are the most important point of view characters are Mimi, Skylar, and Bliss. Bliss is, you know, your your tragic hero, and then you've got Mimi, who, 
you know, is kind of an anti-hero, and then you've got Skylar, who is, you know, your your heroine, who is just, like... (laughs) (laughs) Skylar is such... Oh, my God. She's just such a protagonist. Like, she's such a protagonist because you've got shy... She's a shy, gothy sophomore who draws anime girls when she's zoning out. (laughs) Yep. It's very (laughs) 2006. Oh, yeah. And she wears thrift store clothes, so she's not like the other girls in her snooty private school. Mm-hmm. She's down to earth. Oh, yeah. Yes. Her family isn't like poor poor, but they're rich poor. <laughs> they're impoverished patricians. It's hard to pay for a house that big. Yeah. Like, really, they're they're really expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, I really just um thought it would be the perfect time for this show right now, because... We're in the 20-year cycle of uh, early aughts fashion and music, and, like, I did actually look up, there are Blue Blood Spotify playlists crafted by Melissa herself, four (laughs) characters for each book. Uh, Let me just uh, give you the vibe right now. Give it to me, please. One of the, the best songs that is in the first book is Time is Running Out by Muse. (laughs) (laughs) So I was actually listening to that to get the whole vibe while I was waiting for you guys. Because I was just like, yeah, I gotta get into the Blue Bloods mindset. And there's literally this whole scene where um, Skylar ends up dancing with Jack to that song um, at a party. And there's this whole sequence where, like, Jack is letting her into one of his past lives. And they end up, like, I think it's maybe, like, 18th century clothing, maybe 19th century. Um, I don't know. He's wearing coattails, and she's, she's got, um, she's got a real poofy dress, and it's, it's, uh, there's actually a Blue Bloods graphic novel that came out with, um, the final book, Fates of Paradise, and I don't love <laughs> a lot of the <laughs> artistic decisions. I think that Skylar doesn't look quite right, and I don't really love uh, Oliver's look either. <laughs> just the way Skylar's lips are drawn just bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They just don't seem to be in proportion with the rest of her, and her eyes are just way too big. <laughs> I guess maybe it's very 2013 of her. I don't know. (laughs) But I just thought it was really interesting. So yeah, I just, I think this would be just a really cool series. Um, I think, like I said, the change would be more diversity. Um, and I think it would be cool to keep it in the time period of 2006 to 2013. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I also had the idea that Dylan, because it is a gender neutral name, I want Dylan to be a girl. I want list to be a bisexual icon, please? <laughs> yes, good. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, so Dylan is gonna be, like, a, a very butch girl wearing, uh, <laughs> leather jackets, and also a big character thing for Dylan was he always wore a white silk Jimi Hendrix scarf. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it would actually be, I thought it would be actually pretty cool. Um, so I love Gwilyn's meeting in book one, um, because there's this whole thing where they are um, in two separate clubs. So Dylan is at the goth club, and Bliss is at the prep club, and they're in the alleyway smoking where, like, the two sides meet in solidarity in the New York air. <laughs> she sees the prep. She sticks her middle <laughs> finger at them. The prep is smoking Sobranis. The goth is smoking Galois. (laughs) I know exactly the brands of cigarettes that they would be using. (laughs) So yeah, so um, Bliss is like looking for a light. She's fumbling for matches and then she sees a Zeppo (laughs) out of the corner of her eye and it's Dylan. And she says, I'm Bliss. And he nods and looks at her and he says, of course you are. perfect goth vampire level of dumb uh-huh exactly so i actually i had this great idea what if lucifer was played by paul wesley <laughs> ah! 
Because he seems to really enjoy being a villain. That is true. Yeah. And, like, you want evil to be seductive. And, like, I mean, he wouldn't... (laughs) The funny thing is, is that in the uh, descriptions of Lucifer in the books, he sort of has a Shrek 2 Prince Charming hair. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's supposed to be, like, so, like, it's, like, melted gold and he has blue eyes, but, like, he's so beautiful that it's almost, like, sickening. (laughs) like god his beauty is so sickening (laughs) it's supposed to be like sickly sweet that's like the whole point of hell is like it's from mediocrity to too much like there's literally a description of like apparently hell has wi-fi but all you can get on the (laughs) wi-fi is porn And here I was thinking that hell would be like, you know, waiting at the insurance place to get my driver's license renewed. <laughs> no, all you'll get is like sickly sweet uh, cocktails and like mediocre nightclubs with like every song sounds the same. And when you go on the internet, all you see is towards. <laughs> oh. Okay, I, I do want to mention, so I've only seen two episodes of The Vampire Diaries, but didn't Paul Wesley play the good vampire? Yeah, yeah, he does. But there are certain uh, plot lines where he does, um, where Stefan goes off the rails. And you can tell Paul Wesley is having just a good time, not having to give the camera those set puppy dog eyes and be like, Elena, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And I was thinking, I wanted, um, I actually wanted uh, Mimi and Jack to be to be played by black actors. I thought that would be kind of cool. So I thought Mimi would be awesome with China Ann McLean because, like, her yes. as, yes, yes, right? And I was thinking for Jack, uh, Peyton Alex Smith, who actually was the guy who played Raphael in Legacies. I don't know if you've seen him in anything else, but he is super cute. I haven't has- even seen Legacies yet. Well, he plays a very lovable werewolf who, well, you know how the Vampire Diaries is horribly racist and, like, exploits their black characters to the point of it being like, come on, guys. (laughs) I've heard. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, Raphael's one of those characters because this actor clearly has some really heavy leading male material and has so much chemistry with a lot of the female characters and they didn't utilize it and I'm very upset. So I was thinking, yeah, let's make him Jack Force. Because, you know, I, I think... Nice. Yeah, I thought it would be great. Um, For Bliss, I did... So a big part of her character is that she has red hair and curls because she's from Texas. Bliss is from Houston, Texas, and she moves to New York because her father needs to be a New York senator and also, we hate her father. Her father's name is Forsooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah, no, he's he's awful. And, I mean, he's a politician. Um, and he's literally evil. He ends up being, like, one of Lucifer's cronies. Shocking, I know. <laughs> um, so Bliss has to move, and it's really hard for her because she was, like, a head cheerleader, and, like, it is such a culture shock because she goes from, like, Houston, Texas to Goss New York Prep School. <laughs> yeah, she's going from Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> with shoulder pads and hair. Uh-huh. And and um none of the girls, there's no cheerleading. No. The girls in New York are on the debate team. <laughs> <laughs> and the boys, yeah. they're not playing football. Because none of them are like other girls. <laughs> the boys are playing football. Oh no. The boys, they're playing lacrosse. <laughs> God, everyone was playing lacrosse. <laughs> yes. Uh, I hate that lacrosse is such a preppy sport now because, like, you know, First Nation sport. Yeah. It's basically a war game. Mm-hmm. Also, like, up here in Canada, it's kind of treated as, like, summer hockey. It yeah. used to be rugby with sticks. Yeah. People died. Yeah, I actually, I, I knew somebody who um who played uh who played uh, girls lacrosse in high school, and she was telling me like they got pretty rough. <laughs> like <laughs> they didn't <laughs> fuck around. Yeah. Um. 
Girls lacrosse and girls field hockey were the most violent sports at one of my high school. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. So for Bliss, I thought about Cat uh, McNamara, who was the lead in Shadowhunters. Yeah, I do like her. As Clary. Yeah. Yeah, I think she has the perfect vulnerability to play like Lucifer's daughter. I think she has the range. She has the range, darling. She has the range. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought uh, for Dylan, I thought, what about the lead from Legacies, Danielle Ross Russell? Because yeah, she can totally play like, I mean, she already has those sad, sad eyes that <laughs> tell you she's actually like lived for 40 sad years. <laughs> <laughs> she just has that perfect like lead look and I think she'd be a great romantic lead also just the thought of Danielle and Kat like kissing uh, just it makes my queer little heart happy <laughs> mm -hmm. for Oliver I was thinking <laughs> the guy who plays Jeremy from Booksmart <laughs> let me double check which one that was <laughs> I love that movie so much. It was so good. The pool scene just slaps every time. That song by Burpin Genius. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, Jared. Yeah, Jared. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Scott Rosano is good. I've seen him because I've seen bits and pieces of... What's the other show he was on? Santa Clarita Diet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I've seen so bits and pieces that. of that. He's really good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he is the perfect like Oliver because Oliver is supposed to be like hot but like you know secretly hot you know he's supposed to be like the nerd hot and you know Skylar is you know has a, like a moment with him in a couple of books like they end up traveling the world together to uh make sure Skylar uh doesn't uh get persecuted because she was framed for killing her grandfather <laughs> like you do like you do it's, it's, it's really inconvenient so Skylar has a grandmother at the beginning of of, of the series, and I thought, who better to play a <laughs> well-to-do grandmother than our queen of Genovia, Julie Andrews? <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> it would just be so fun. And by the way, my choice for Skylar Van Allen, I want Sophia Carson to play Skylar, because I really think that she has that vulnerability and that range and the level of compassion needed to play a role like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I did have a couple of them. Um, so for Skyler's grand grandfather, you're going to love this because <laughs> this means that he and Julie Andrews are married Morgan Freeman. Because <laughs> 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 Lawrence is like a very like commanding figure. Skyler... And Oliver find him in uh, in Venice, and it's a whole thing. And he also has to go toe to toe with uh, his son, uh, Charles Force, and uh, it's a whole thing. So it's a really cool, and I kind of want to see that. And I also wanted Charles Force to be played by David Boreanaz, <laughs> so I just <laughs> want to watch Morgan Freeman and just David Boreanaz like have the first falling battles. <laughs> <laughs> and to add to that fun, Lawrence's conduit is going to be played by none other than Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> Would he be putting on the Cockney accent? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think that's necessary, but I mean, he could. I, I think I think it could be a, a, a choice for sure. <laughs> um, also for Bliss's dad, because he's just so good at playing at the scumbag. I thought David Anders could play Forsyth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's just, he's, I mean, I, I don't care if it's typecasting. He's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> plays those characters. Are we sure it's an act? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also a vampire doctor who happens to be a human and also happens to be Oliver's aunt. And the only person I could see playing Dr. Pat is J.B. Lincoln. <laughs> I've, I've pictured that the whole time. Because I've had like a, I had like a cast list for this like years ago. It, I had to uh, edit this from the original piece, which was on my DeviantArt. That's how old this cast list used to be. <laughs> Just uh, aging myself over here. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> 
Um, I also had an idea. So there is a marriage of convenience between Charles and uh, the uh, Jack and Mimi's, because um, Charles was originally bonded to Skylar's mother as her twin, uh, so they are Michael and Gabriel, so Gabriel's a woman in this lore. Um, and so uh, Gabriel is in a coma because she decided she didn't want to take another human familiar because her original familiar was um, Skylar's father, who happens to be a uh, artist from San Francisco. Now I'm just realizing that Skylar's literal <laughs> conception was a whole like <laughs> was a whole like Christmas movie. Oh my god! What? <laughs> because she she <laughs> she met a West Coast artist from San Francisco and dumped her debate team boyfriend slash brother not really brother for a <laughs> artist from San Francisco and married him and then he died of cancer and she fell into a coma because she didn't take another human's blood because she loved the human so much. <laughs> yes, uh, so that's Allegra. And I want Allegra to be played by Lupita Nyong'o because I just, yes. Just yes. Um, there are moments I think she would be really fun, especially in the flashbacks. There are some 80s flashbacks in um, some of the aside pieces. There's technically an in-between book between the fourth and fifth book, which is called Bloody Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> and it is really cool because you get to uh, see how Allegra and... Uh, Stefan Chase fell in love and uh, why he was so good and why he was so worth dying for. Also, I want Stefan Chase to be played by Darren Chris because I feel like he really embodies because uh, Stefan Chase is supposed to be like, he's basically your, your manic pixie dream guy. That's the oh whole boy. thing. Yeah. So, I feel like Darren Chris is the first person to embody that. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it, it was really interesting. Also, there song. Stefan and Allegra's song is always something there to remind me by Naked Eyes. Um, and there's even, so he's a painter and there, he actually has a painting entitled that. Um, it's, it's a very interesting scene. Also, there's a whole thing where they do a cop-out where Oliver, instead of falling for a baby, thank god, no, 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 he falls for <laughs> Skylar's half-sister and marries her. I'm better than a baby. Yeah, yeah. And I thought Finn should be played by Isabella Gomez because I think that would be real fucking cute. <laughs> I also kind of want, um, so originally with uh, the whole Deming Chen thing, um, she's basically chasing after, so eventually we find out that Silverbloods have been mating with human women and creating literal demon spawn. Oh, the Nephilim. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's what they call the books as well, which is fun. There is actually a main uh, character like that who Deming falls in love with and then she has to kill him and, you know, a lot of angst. And I want this this boy, this annoying boy, you can tell he's lying, but Deming is just, like, so into him that she doesn't really care that he's lying and God, her rationalization is so hard to <laughs> to read through points because you're just like, sweetie, please. I want this idiot boy, which, by the way, his name is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and I want him to be played by Cole Sprouse purely for this reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's technically already playing Demon's Spawn on the Demon Show Riverdale, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just... Um, I had so much fun with this cast list, and I also, so, Bliss has a, um, basically a white trash Texan stepmother, and I want this woman to be played by Dolly Parton so badly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so David Andrews yes. is married to Dolly Parton in this universe. Oh my gosh, the visuals are very powerful. <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> like, they're literal... Uh, 
Yes, so this character, her name is Bobby Ann. And Tanner. Yes. Bobby Ann is spelled B O B I A N N E, all one word. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, and you get to cringe with bliss whenever her stepmother is. And that's the thing is they make her her stepmother. Because apparently she couldn't handle in her past lives that Bobby Ann was actually her real mother. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's like a mother there's like a mother that doesn't exist by the name of Charlotte Potter. And oops, um what actually happens is um Lucifer ends up fucking Gabriel in uh Florence, Italy, um, way back when. And uh Charles or I'm sorry, Michael at the time erases her memory of that and oh that's how bliss happened <laughs> okay so she is uh literal devil archangel spawn <laughs> oh my gosh that sounds like half the cast is made out of someone's deviant OCs, but i kind of love it it's really fun like i i love this universe so much because of how silly it is and also just like when skylar <laughs> sees jack force he literally the Riku is her seeing him try to kill himself by getting run over by a New York taxi. <laughs> because he he's trying to see what his vampire body threshold is. But he doesn't die. And so she just eventually, like, she's like, oh, I must have imagined it, because now he's flirting with me, and it's fine. <sighs> and it's just, it's so, it's such stupid stuff like that. There's also, what was it? Um, <laughs> when Kingsley arrived, arrives at the school, which by the way, it's called Dushier. <laughs> that is the name of the private school that all of them go to. The founder was from Belgium. Yeah. We can make some Hercule Poirot jokes about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's this whole thing where when Kingsley arrives, first of all, the whole point of Dushian is that, like, all of these people have known each other since kindergarten, and there are only about 30 students per grade. When Kingsley shows up, all of the girls are like, fuck Jack Forrest, we don't know who he is, he's basically our brother. They are thirsty for this boy. <laughs> fresh meat. Exactly. Exactly. He is fresh <laughs> fucking meat. And let me tell you, one of the, my favorite things is that Kingsley, when he arrives, he slays a literature class by doing a piece called Taco Hell, which is a fast food franchise metaphor for Dante's Inferno. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) We don't actually get this written out. We just get it as a, like, an aside. (laughs) But it is just, it's so beautiful. Also, the fact that all the girls are like, even his name sounded sexy, Kingsley Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this whole thing, like, I... <laughs> just high drama all the time? It really is. It really is. Um, There's even, like, an angry sex scene between Jack and Mimi at the end of book three, which I think would actually be a very good season closer for season two, I was thinking. So I tried to figure out, like, where I wanted um, all of this, uh, all the book stuff to go season-wise, so I was able to fit everything into five seasons. Nice. Cool. So, season one starts as book one does. The mid-finale is Skylar going to Venice, which is how book one ends, and then ends with Dylan and Bliss, which is basically Dylan showing up at Bliss's house, all covered in blood. She's like, I thought you were dead, and he's like, I know who the silver blood is, and then it goes to black. And that's your season one finale. Which I think is awesome. And then you've got season two that starts with um, book three, Revelations, my favorite book. I'm thinking maybe I want to do like an angsty Skylar voiceover because this is, um, she gets adopted by Charles Force, who basically does that to one-up his dad. Because technically Lawrence is legally dead by documentation. (laughs) He died in 1872. (laughs) So, uh, Charles wins a custody battle (laughs) against his father, basically because kissing contest reasons. And, um, so I was thinking, because Skylar hates living with Mimi, um, I kind of want to just, like, 
do Revelations as a full season, because there is just so much shit that happens all at once. And then it ends with the angst, like, the angry sex scene between Mimi and Jack. Um, and then you've got season three, which starts off with the way in Alan Legacy, the fourth book, and ends with it, because those two books, there is so many things. <laughs> there is so, so many things that go on. Um, and I, I thought that, um, Bliss's series, um, could actually be a nice miniseries spinoff. I'm thinking, like, it could last a season of her, like, trying to find the hellhounds, like, falling in love with Lawson, you know, her werewolf hellhound boyfriend. So I think Bliss, I, and we know Kat can carry a show on her own, so I think one season of her basically, like, coming into her own as a werewolf hellhound would be pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got season four, which starts with Bloody Valentine, because I think that a lot of the flashback stuff is really, really cool and really good. Um, there's even a story in Keys to the Repository where um, Dylan, like, ends up, like, meeting this girl who um, lives in his family's old house. And, um, you know, he ends up drinking her blood to survive and then go back to see Bliss to warn her. And I think, like, little deleted scenes like that would be great in the TV show as just, like, part of the canonical thing instead of, like, little extras, you know? Mm -hmm. There's even a scene where, like, Kingsley has a very vulnerable moment with Mimi, and I kind of want to just, like, have that far scene in the Van Allen legacy, because I think it, it would be really, really sweet to have Kingsley as a more vulnerable character. You know, I do want to give him depth. And then you've got us, uh, Bloody Valentine starts season four, because it's really, like, that and Misguided Angel, they're very closely intertwined. Um, literally on the book, uh, the, the, um, the website that I found all these books in a PDF, um, Bloody Valentine is called Blue Bloods 5.5. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, starts, you start with, um, Allegra and Charles, and then you've got Oliver, like, basically meeting, uh, one of, um, Lessa's other characters. She has a character from another series that she's about to start appear in, uh, a scene with Oliver, which is really fun. Um, he meets a witch, and she tries to cure him of his heartbreak with Skylar. They're bloody Valentine's so deeply intertwined with Misguided Angel that it just makes sense to have them. And Misguided Angel ends with Jack and Mimi having a angelic, like a dark angel uh, sword fight in the desert. So I think that's a good season finale. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just like screaming at each other and like <laughs> using like swords with hellfire. It's pretty fucking neat. Um, and then you've got, um, you know, you've got book six, Lost in Time, and it ends on Gates of Paradise, and that's your final season is the last two books, because they are very, they're tied so closely together. And again, so much happens in them that it just makes sense to just keep them there. So, yeah, that's kind of where I want to go, and I really like the idea of uh, Skylar being played by a Latina actress because I think that kind of I don't know, it gives her a little bit more layers. I also thought about uh Charles's um wife who is, you know, not his bondmate. I kinda want a Trinity Force, uh Mimi and Jack's mother to be played by Charisma Carpenter because I love David Boreanis and Charisma Carpenter chemistry wise, so I thought it would be really fun to watch them on screen together again. Yeah, yes. yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, and I think they could bring a lot of layers to both those characters. Um I also thought so there are two you know, there's Deming Chen and her sister and uh they're two like uh so twins marry twins for four minor characters there's a double wedding <laughs> with these characters so i thought i kind of thought it would be fun to like parent trap these characters meaning that like they're played by the same actors and actresses so i had the idea of uh the girl who plays ronnie from descendants as deming chen and then you've got Boo Boo Stewart. Oh, I love her. Yes. So Diane Doan, she's so good. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, I yeah. She's she's awesome. And I thought her alongside Boo Boo Stewart and them playing four characters at once would be super fun to watch. Because I yes. think they, have, they both have excellent chemistry. We saw that in Descendants 2. They're so fun. They play off each other so, so well. So I think it would be really cute to, to watch them um, do that. And I kind of want to see Boo Boo as a, as a vampire secret agent. 
Yes. Because <laughs> um, he does actually, uh, so the brothers Sam and Ted actually have some really good scenes with uh, Kingsley and Mimi. Uh, they go on adventures together uh, against the Silver Bloods. And there's even like a very fun bar fight scene in the Van Allen Legacy where like they're uh, they're in Rio. They're like at a bar and like these gang members try to start a fight and they just kind of look at these kids. They're like, huh, human kids. Six humans, four vampires, the humans have guns. Hmm, who would win? <laughs> and it's it's just really delightful. It's just like, and you can tell, like, there's just, like, this adrenaline rush between the team when they're fighting all these people. And it's just really cute. They're just having, just having a great time. It's just like, oh, friendship, bar fight. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, uh, that's really, uh, all my notes have got for all this. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I could talk about Blue Bloods for hours. <laughs> Just, I, I love it so much. Um, it was really influential on me as a creator, as a writer, um, in just Melissa's writing style, I really, really took to it, you know. Um, it's really funny, because I was introduced to it, uh, by, a one of uh, my uh, my my math teacher that just you know was kind of like uh, this is this is a vampire series like Twilight you'll like it here read this <laughs> <laughs> and I just fell in love with it and I remember reading the last book and just being sad because I couldn't go back to New York like it was the first time anymore <laughs> it was over <laughs> and I kept waiting for there to be a Blue Bloods fandom but there really isn't. <laughs> Which is really I mean, tragic. The, like, I don't know if there's a fandom, but I was checking uh, FFNet and AO3 to see the level of uh, fix, because that's mm -hmm. how you can measure anything. Uh, yeah. AO3 only has six uh, entries, mm -hmm. uh, but FFNet has, like, over 200, and, like, the top three are both, like, 20... Actually, no, the top two are both, like, 20-plus chapter fix that have been being written since, like, 20, 2009 and 2011 and are still being updated. That's really interesting. Yeah, I haven't really checked uh, fanfiction.net. I think I just got really turned off by this one fic that was someone wrote the entire Blue Blood saga with Oliver as Skylar's gay best friend. And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, I think I'm dead here. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think what went wrong for the Blue Bloods fandom was timing cuz like you had both Absolutely. the Twilight fandom. It was coming it came around at the end of the Harry Potter books mm -hmm. and there was Gossip Girl going on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It it just got lost in all the drama. It really did. It really did, and it, it just makes me very sad because, like, I love this series, and <laughs> I basically, like, tried to push it on all my friends, and most of them are like, I don't know what to do with this, <laughs> or it's just not their their type of genre, but I just, I just think it's so fascinating. There's just, like, so many campy moments. And I just, I, I just think the characters are just so neat. And I was actually, uh, I read the first two books uh, as podcast research, research. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was really funny because I just was so struck by how much Melissa Daly Cruz knows her fashion brand names and how little <laughs> I did not when I first read the books because. Now that I'm an adult, and I was reading this, I was like, oh yes, I know what that looks like. I know what that looks like. Oh my gosh, that's what that looks like. And it was so funny, because I had no idea, like, what are clothing styles? Yeah. <laughs> and now, as an adult, like, it was so funny to read it. I do recommend reading these books with a copy of Vogue, just to get a good idea of what these characters are wearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really something. Um, I will say, I think one of my favorite uh, things, uh, outfits that I recently, uh, looked back on was, um, Bliss's green dress she wore for the 400 ball, which is essentially their, like, it's vampire cotillion, kids! Everybody is coming out to society as their vampire selves. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fancy. Okay, comment on the green dress. Um, I don't know what it looks like in the book, but in my mind, I go immediately to the dress Kira Knightley wore in Atonement, the green dress? 
if you don't know what it looks like, just look up that scene from Atonement, and it, it there's a reason why I got all the awards. Okay, I just I typed Atonement and then G, and then it says Atonement Green Dress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Yes, yes, I, I understand. Yes, oh my god, hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um, I guess, um, with Bliss's dress, it's more velvet, and it's actually, <laughs> um, the, uh, the V is a lot lower, which is kind of uncomfortable considering Bliss is supposed to be 16 at the time, and that's another thing that really yeah. makes me uncomfortable, is like the sexualization. Um, because Mina is, like, seducing, like, 20-something pharmaceutical heirs and then drinking their blood and making them submit to her, which, like, very girl boss of her, but also a girl <laughs> because she's 16. She is a junior in high school seducing full-grown men. Yeah. Yeah, that's all a little iffy. Yeah. <laughs> It's not great. There's literally the scene where, like, she is trying on a dress at Barney's, and this guy, like, literally she's letting him, like, look at her, and, like, he's staring at her thong. Yeah, no. We don't need that. No. We don't. We really don't. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, Blue Blood is definitely, like, <laughs> a product of its time, for sure. But there is just some things that I just think are, are so silly and ridiculous. There's even, like, one of my favorite scenes is um there's this whole thing where Kingsley uh shows up um and Mimi is like furious to see him because they have a rivals to lovers thing for a little bit which is really fun to watch um because they're basically just dancing around each other's feelings they're like I feel nothing I feel nothing but secretly I want this to be more than just sex but I'm not going to say that. Someone else has to be the first one to say that, and it's not me! <laughs> <laughs> and there's this whole thing where, like, I guess Kingsley is, like, at a trial, and I love the way Melissa says this, and Kingsley, being Kingsley, does a finger gun in Mimi's face when he's on the stand. And it's just, it's such a good character moment for him, and it's also just so stupid. Because, come on, we all know a teenage boy who's, like, who would do finger guns at you at court. Like, come on. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. So, <laughs> I just... This series is just... Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, I also found out uh, Melissa Barrett-Cruz is starting a production company where she's going to promote creators and new authors. I think it's going to be a lot like what Rick Gordon and James Patterson do. So, I don't know if this is going to lead her into uh, developing Blue as an adaptation, but I really do think it, it could, like, be a very good television show. I think it, it has, um, you know, uh, Disney doesn't really have a lot for, like, they, they, want, they want the tweens to watch things. They want the tweens, but they don't really focus on the teens and, and the young adult demographic. I was just thinking the most adult stuff right now, like, definitely made for adults is, like, the Marvel stuff. Like, yeah. especially WandaVision and mm -hmm. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so. Yeah. And I think that, you know, obviously the Percy Jackson series is hopefully supposed to come out, and God, dare I hope, dare I hope with Rick behind, you know, our good old Uncle Rick behind the, behind the project, because, ugh, that movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the movies that don't exist, ha ha, ha ha, ha. Uh, please don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think in that case, we've gotten to the point where we'll drive down. We're all going to take a road trip to hell <laughs> and turn on the radio and. Uh, oh, look, listen to this. It's a friendship promo. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Marn, and I've got a new podcast coming out on this feed right here. Dead Letter Society is a horror book club podcast where I bring my friends into my spooky, scary library of terror to talk about their favorite horror novels, short stories, novellas, or interactive fiction pieces. We're going to unpack why they're so effective and analyze just what is it about them that scares us. 
The show starts in August and it'll update every other Thursday after that with a little pilot season I recorded with some friends back before quarantine hit. After that we're going to be back with season 2 in a slightly different format that I think that you'll really enjoy. So tune in on August 6th for the first episode or subscribe to the Orange Grove's Patreon to listen to it right now. All right. Harley, thank you for taking us on this wild ride. <laughs> it was my pleasure. <laughs> um, Where would you like to be found on the internet? Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter uh, as uh, Afterbite's Werewolf Dad. Uh, definitely check out Afterbite. It's a fantastic Vampire Diaries podcast. I'm literally wearing their newly minted merch they just came out with. My handle is uh, I Write Queer Sins, which is absolutely 100% true. (laughs) (laughs) And you can also find me on Archive of Our Own. Check out my uh, variety of them slash, which is mostly Buffy fanfiction, but Buffy as a bisexual disaster, um, under the username PassionPire88, which is passion and pyre as in vampire. And uh, the number eight, since I am the eighth house, and yes, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> nice. Solidarity. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, how about you? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and I'm, I'm not sure what what kind of noise I can make for this. Yes. You can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com, where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite unconventional vampire. <laughs> that's where you could send us a friendship promo be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read either way we'll put in a free ad for your podcast your youtube even your tv alert. you could even ask to be a guest but if you do make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised we want to give a quick thank you to our patrons theo rem julia christina cassidy and charlie thank you all uh, because we do have a Patreon, but we don't really encourage you to donate to us because there is a lot going on right now. Um, basically, if you see any forces, government or otherwise, that are making things difficult for trans people or black people or Asian people or any marginalized group, do your best to fight against them and save your money so you can donate it to individuals or grassroots organizations that are supporting them. But if you want to help us, then it is just as helpful to support us by leaving a rating and review of us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And there is also a Corner Podcast Network Discord that you can reach using the link in the... What is it? It's the link in the podcast description, and if that link's not working, let me know and I'll make a new link. But I'm pretty sure this one's still working. Um, And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, aka Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay. Do we have a hint for next week? So next week, we're having another guest on our podcast. The three three out of four guests agree that our podcast should be listened to and guested on. Um, And his hint is that he wishes to carry on the work of a movie, which was based on a book series that started back in the day. Wait, hang on, I read that wrong. He wishes to carry on the work of a movie, which is which was based on a book series started. So I guess he wants to do another movie on a book series that only got one movie. Okay. My reading comprehension is terrible today. It's alright. <laughs> and I guess next week we're going to be doing another book-to-screen adaptation. But not... If we reboot you first. Bye.